So, at the beginning of Over the Hedge, <laughs> can you tell me what the opening scene of that movie is? Oh, no. I could not even I imagine can. to... I, I can't remember. It's engraved in my it. mind. I don't okay. know why. Keep it's, going. It's the little raccoon character hitting on a vending machine using mm. as many things as he can to try to get uh, a pile of chips oh, to fall yes, down. Oh, yes, in a campsite. And, yes, and yes, he has I remember little this clippers, and there's something with a bear happens. I think the bear he is goes, like, No, he goes into the bear's cave. Ah, uh, yeah, it's like he's the mob boss. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he's trying to get food. Mm, yeah. That's he's right. Try, yeah, he, and he's trying to not wake up the bear. Classic, over the hedge. Wow. Am I right? What about, dude, we, we literally were just talking about forgotten animated movies. What is like- what is the most forgotten? I love, um, oh man, what is it called? And now I'm blanking. The one with uh, Red Riding Hood oh, and oh, the wolf. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Oh Hoodwinked gosh. was so funny. I thought it was pretty good too. That was it, it, terribly animated. but oh, It's awful. But hilarious. What about? Absolutely hilarious. Um, what about Alpha and Omega? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that movie. How about Ice Age 3? They had a third one? How about Ice Age 4? Oh, wait, wait. I say, okay, Ice Age 1 was the normal Ice Age. Yes. Ice Age 2, The Meltdown. That's three. Oh, is that three? I think. What's two? Where he gets married? <laughs> I, maybe two is The Meltdown. Oh, you're right. Two is The Meltdown. Three is the dinosaur one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, t- speaking of dinosaurs, Land Before Time, pretty much forgotten-ish. Oh, oh, ish. yeah, absolutely. You got Atlantis and- uh, mm, Atlantis was really good. What's the one in space pirate mode? Treasure Planet? Oh, Treasure Planet. I saw a video. This is uh, I know what you know. Bread, bread sword. Yep. Yeah, uh, he made an amazing uh, video essay about about Treasure Planet. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. If you he's, haven't, he's great. Yeah. He only makes like one video a month, but he's excellent. If you check out Bread Sword on YouTube, he makes video essays about film, and he has a great one on Treasure Planet. Yeah. Um. Let's see. The Prince of Egypt is like an all time favorite of mine. How about ants? Oh, dude, I hated Ants. What about B-Movie? Because you remember- B-Movie is, lives on forever. Wait, wait, hold on. Going back to Ants, Ants was like really intense for kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he like, he's holding his head and like, <laughs> he's just holding his head as he's dying in the, the roly-poly war. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. What about- Are you uh, getting flashbacks? Uh, Ant Bully. Oh no, I never watched what that. What about the one that was also like Ant Bully? But it was it had like an actual person's name, like Alvin or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. You know, about. Yeah, and, I didn't see that and one. And the unseeables or something. You know what I'm talking mm, about? Yes, right? he goes invisible. Yes, or he goes. He gets really small. Or he something? gets into the bug life. Yes, as a little boy, just like Ant Bully. Do you remember a Shark Tale? <laughs> How about the one that's about the spooky house? Oh yeah, Monster House. Monster House. Yeah, yeah. You want to know something terrible, Cameron? Yeah, I, I do. subjected myself. To watching the live-action Kim Possible movie. Oh, how was it? Instead of watching Green Book or any of the movies Juzio and you (laughs) talked about the other day. It was the most atrocious movie ever. Really? I hated it. That's disappointing. Every second of it was just awful. I'm waiting for a time when, when the Disney Channel, instead of becoming so sincere that it's it's like sickening to watch, they become like ironic about those sorts of things. You know what I mean? Like, like I want an ironic Kim Possible live action movie. Uh, that I think that would be, that could be good. Let's that could get be like Angelina good. Jolie to star as a high school Kim Possible. Wow. You know? And she's like really hot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's fun to talk about these movies and even TV show adaptation movies that have been forgotten. But you know what the United States has forgotten about? Nuclear energy. (laughs) What a transition. There are 450 nuclear energy power plants in the world, if you didn't know. In the world? 450 in the world? In the world, approximately, I think. I've seen some numbers that are like 443. And uh, if you want to know more useless information, continue to listening to Everything Comes From Something. Welcome to episode 37. My name is Isaac Ransom. Hopefully this won't be useless. I'm Cameron Tuttle. Is that going to go on your gravestone too? Hopefully this won't be useless. I'm Cameron Tuttle. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, pretty good. And today's episode is about green energy. Well, today's uh, episode is actually weirdly brought to you by by our Patreon producer. It was really interesting because we went to dinner and we were like, you know, I don't really know what to talk about. And then, you know, we started talking about what you've been learning in class and how, you know, you've been learning about about all these interesting ways to reduce carbon emissions, blah, blah, blah. Started talking about the Green New Deal and whatnot. Um, and then we got we we got back to your house and we opened up the Patreon messages and look at that that's what Kiana suggested so that's what we're doing we're shout about out to our producers Kiana Lay and Darren O'Neill one of them is a producer slash seducer what and one of them is Kiana Lay you can't steal that <laughs> I know it, it's 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 too they're much. coming after you they're coming after you copyright strike they'll know it they'll be like these guys are just a bunch of posers uh, and then, annoying and then we'll be like you listen to our podcast I'm oh my the gosh. I'm the reincarnation uh, we are the reincarnation of Colin and Greg, don't at me. Which one's the fat one? Don't talk. Don't say anything. <laughs> Clearly, the well-spoken one is you. So I think that pretty much paints. Do you love Oreos and Patapon? No. I love how half of this episode is going to be just complete and utter nonsense, and the other half is probably going to be useful information. And I'll tell you what, if you enjoy it, you can support us at patreon.com slash podcast. You can follow us on all the normal social media stuff. You'll find us if you type in our name, and of course... Give us a rating on iTunes. Tell a friend about a podcast. That's how it grows. Obviously, just judge it after you listen to it. And subscribe. And subscribe. Even if you don't listen. See, I'm subscribed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, now nobody is going to subscribe. That's um, fine. See, I don't even listen to our podcast, and I subscribe on my phone. See how easy it is? So that's what you should do. You should subscribe. And, you, you know, you don't even... If you listen, that's fine. If you don't, it'll just download to the to to your phone, and it'll be perfect. I know we've talked about how you are well spoken on the show, Cameron, and you have a good vocabulary, diction. But doggone it, you need to listen to yourself on the show. <laughs> it helps you. It seriously will help you. I'm sure. I'm sure. Talk better. So time to start listening to yourself. Turn all pink in the car. <clears throat> are hearing your own voice? <laughs> oh shucks. Oh man, that's what I'm gonna do in the car. People will stare at you because your music's too loud because you're deaf. And then yeah, I'll roll down the windows and it'll be my voice. And then they'll be like, "Can you turn that down?" And I'll I'll say yes, and it'll just be my voice again. (laughs) And they'll think it's the podcast, and they'll say, "Can you turn that down again?" (laughs) Anyways, so why why did we want to talk about this? Because we're we're policy experts, right? We're already devolving into utter nonsense, which is. What the show normally becomes. We are policy experts, correct? Well, let me let me tell you. I've got a bachelor's degree. <laughs> let, and I don't even have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> and your bachelor's degree is in film, Cameron, so... 
Yeah, whatever. I don't want to hear anything. I am taking a green energy and renewable energy, whatever you want to call it, class Mm. uh, this semester. And it's really inspired me in ways that I never imagined. You know, I kind of expected to go into the class hearing a bunch of one-sided jargon. Um, But my teacher was surprisingly well aware of his own bias. And he's been teaching the class in a way that has enabled me to do my own research, to be more excited about a topic that I never knew anything about. And I'm also terrified because my impending doom as a politician is coming upon me. I was like, oh, well, I'll never learn about green energy. And of course, I end up in this class. And I was like, and according to the IPCC report and AOC, uh, our impending doom is all going to be in 12 years. So, you know, we're it's it's fine. You got to start now on your on your political career i can't wait to be swimming in california yay everyone's gonna have pools in their backyard so with all that said i was kind of shocked about some of the practical practical things i learned i i think that i mean i'm not done with the class but when most people hear about green energy you and i agreed it's like i don't know of anyone that wants to actually destroy the environment right oh uh yeah, no, I don't think anybody right, right. I don't think anybody really wants to ruin the the environment. Just like nobody wants to ruin the economy or nobody wants to ruin, you know, like that's not anybody's goal. Exactly. And I think that there are different burdens of stewardship, you could say, that some people responsibly pick up or ignore uh when it comes to different things and I think as just a regular person you, you watch all these politicians say these different things about what's going on in the green energy or 99% of the scientists say that the earth is warming and you need to freak out about whatever I tell you next, right? The world and, is going to die in 12 years. Right. So, I mean, it's discouraging for me to explore options about green energy until I took this class. Mm-hmm. Because that, that was me too. And then I, I actually started reading like... um doing deep dives i read i read through several parts of the ipcc report um when it first came out and it was so dry and boring but it actually gave me a, re- a very interesting perspective and not just like because i think what happens is it gets muddied because it's been taken it, it's been taken into this like political context people are are really polarized on what we should do about this issue because it, I think most people agree that it is an issue, right? You know, there is something that we need to address here, but the disagreement is what we should do and and what we can individually do. And so, like, I was really intimidated by this topic before reading some of the scientific statistics, you know, and then I read into it, and it actually kind of... Lots of things came to light when, when I started reading into it about, like, oh... Yes, there are going to be changes. There's going to be some some things happening in the future, but it's not so dire. You know what I mean? Like there are things that we can do to to help to help the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, before we get into sort of our discourse about different forms of energy or maybe even solutions we can take as individuals, ideas that we have about policy and whatnot, um, of course, Cameron and I always encourage you, the listener, to do your own research, check out the information yourself, but we hope that maybe you can take something away from this, find some entertainment in us giggling about nonsense, and, you know, hopefully not all of it is nonsense. 
Um, but just to start off, I wanted to refresh your memory on the sources of power that are most used in the United States. Uh, we're both American, if you can't tell from our accents. Oh, we're not Canadians? What? And um, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read primary sources. Um, and I'll read you percentages on the market. This is read from the textbook that I'm using in my green energy class. Um, I didn't buy the book. I'm reading it off PowerPoint <laughs> slides of the class. I, I'm yeah, I'm doing a book list semester because I'm poor. Actually, no, I'm doing an edgy experiment. So yeah, um, just see how I do my classes without books. Uh, but anyways, let's get into it. So the main source used in the United States is petroleum. Uh, it's sitting at 36% usage. A, a majority of this goes towards transportation. Uh, some of it goes towards industrial. And uh, up next, we use a lot of natural gas at 26%. Um, a majority of this is split between industrial, residential, and electrical power. Um, next in the up running is coal, at sitting around 20%. Uh, majority of coal goes, uh, goes towards electrical power. And then we have renewable energy uh, at 9%. 54% of that 9% goes towards electrical energy and some of it goes to industrial as well. You think about solar panels and whatnot. And then the final uh, straw is electrical nuclear nuclear electrical power uh, at 8%, which 100% of that goes, of course, to electrical. So those are the primary sources we're dealing with when we're talking about energy in the United States. Um, I just thought it would be important to touch on those and have you have an idea of where that energy is going to now yeah, so it seems like a lot of um a lot of the energy that we're actually using is going into cars right like it's going into into our vehicles is that well, correct well it's either you know if i mean it depends how you look at it right um yeah it, it really just depends petroleum is the largest source that we use and the largest percentage of petroleum is going to tr towards transportation, but natural gas, coal, and nuclear power, and even renewable energies, go towards electricity, which power everything else, right? Um, commercial and industrial, just to give you an idea of the sectors, right? Transportation represents 28% of the consumption across our sources. Industrial is at 20%. Residential commercial is at 10%. And electrical power is 40%. So the biggest of that of the sectors is electrical, mm -hmm. and if you combine the percentages from uh, all the sources, I would say that they go the most into electrical as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the next biggest chunk is transportation. So I see, I see. Yeah, and just to touch on these sources real quick, um, when we, we when we did a section of the class about electricity, if I can find it. Oh no, you got to remember that when we have these sources, there's a transformation that happens that utilizes these sources and turns them into energy. But when you do that, you lose some of the power, some of the efficiency right, right. of the source. So I just wanted to read some fun statistics. Um, way in the past, we had fire uh, fireplace houses, which use uh, wood, or, or fireplace, right? Right there in your house, that's 5% efficiency. A wood stove is at 20% efficiency. A coal stove is at 40% efficiency. An oil furnace uh, is at 50%, and then the most efficient is what we most of the houses use, at least in our area, I think, uh, is natural gas. A natural gas furnace 
which has a 95% efficiency level. Yeah. Did you know something interesting about about coal is that they used to um, you used to have to like scrub the coal dust off of the walls and stuff. Yeah. They would use this stuff um, that was like it was like a putty that was lined with borax. I know where you're going. And then um, that one, once we stopped using coal uh, burning ovens and coal coal furnaces, um, they that putty transitioned itself into a children's toy, uh, and it's now what we know as Play-Doh. That is so weird. Isn't that amazing? Just tell your kids, hey. Hey, that stuff used to clean coal off walls. And I'm going to make you clean the dishes. <laughs> Get to work. And I'm going to make you climb up into the in, into the, into the chimney and sweep it like those children in the 1800s. I uh, just had a flashback. Is that Mary Poppins with the chimney guy? Yeah, they have, they have a chimney sweep in Mary Poppins, yeah. Oh, man. Coal. What, what an energy source. Well, we're still, it seems like we're still using a lot of coal. Um, this, I'm looking at the uh, U.S. Energy in- Information Administration statistics. Yours said, it, what, it was about 20%? Mm-hmm. This yeah. one's estimating like 14%. Yeah. Um, it might just be a, a newer statistic, like this year or whatever. Um, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean, that's still a significant amount of of coal that we're using. And obviously, like, coal towns and coal power plants and coal you know coal mining has really slowed down in the in recent years right i have some statistics up until 2015 that showed natural gas just starting to diverge percentage used with um coal so mm. a lot of people are leaning into natural gas just due to its efficiency yeah over yeah, coal yeah. um both have issues of carbon emissions either way but it is interesting to see how, because of the efficiency struggle with natural natural gas and coal. Well, like, isn't one of the things about natural gas is that it's so much more efficient and it it uses less, um, or it it emits less than the any other source of energy that we're like any other fuel based source of energy. Yeah, I I mean, coal definitely gets a bad rap. I mean, it, there's a bunch of issues that come with coal, whether you're talking about the ashes that come out um, when actually utilizing it for energy. There's just a really hard emission that comes with it. But natural gas, from the studies I've done in my class, is also, like, for a long time, scientists were saying, oh, this is our way out. It's not as bad. But we've started to find out that there are high levels of methane, or, uh, yeah, methane, coming out with them, mm. uh, with it, and... They're starting to produce some side uh, emissions that we hadn't compensated for. Wasn't um, isn't one of the problems the actual like extraction process? They're weren't they saying that um, the fracking process can sometimes damage things like water supplies um, just because of how it's uh, how it's actually like drilled out of the earth? Yeah, like they use this high powered water drill, right? With chemicals, yeah. Yeah, um, that like drills into... Th- that's kind of amazing. It what shoots do down into the the surface and basically cracks up the earth very deep below, which then somehow emits gases Yeah, uh, in that. That's crazy. That is just, like insane. I don't know who came it. up with that. <laughs> Somebody smart. Someone, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's how rivers, you know, make their, make their mark. 
lots, but it's just faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's water supply issues, but the reason I wanted to read that is because I think it's important to account where the energy is coming from first before really diving into solutions, hmm. right? I was kind of shocked to know just the metrics of how the sources were split up amongst different sectors, and I know I kind of read through those percentages quickly, but... Hopefully you get kind of a better understanding of where everything's coming from and where it's going. Mm. So with that, I think the big talk of the town is right now the Green New Deal, um, which everyone seems to like to talk about. Or have very polarized opinions about, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't know very many people who are, like, supportive of it, you know, like full-throatedly supportive of it. Well, I yeah. haven't I haven't taken t- the time to actually read through it. I know I'm going to have to in a little bit from my class, but when we sat down to talk about what we wanted to discuss on the show, you said, "Oh, yeah, I actually read through the whole thing." Yeah, I did. Which sounds painful. It's like 12 pages long. It's it's not that long. Yeah. So what did you think of it? Oh, I think it's mostly nonsense, but uh, one of the problems that I have with it is that it really a lot of it is not about actually like like solving solving issues with the environment. Like a lot of it is um, sort of weird. The other sides of, of the democratic platform like baked into this supposedly Trojan horse of, a, of an economic deal. Right. And that's what bothers me the, the most about it. Also, it's just entirely implausible. Like it just doesn't make any sense. It does it, like literally the... The, it just it just is not <laughs> we'll talk about the economic and and uh in it's it's not just the economics of it it's like one of the proposals in the in the green new deal is to retrofit every building in the US every single building every single building in the US to be to be more energy efficient and like that doesn't mean, that doesn't even does that sound like it makes sense <laughs> You know, like, does it sound like that's something that the government can can actually feasibly do? I just picture those like shack houses that you're driving by when you're on the freeway or something. How are you going to retrofit those? I don't think that's. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's that's part of it. But then there are things like like. Hold on, let me. But building a more sustainable food system that ensures universal universal access to healthy food. It's like you can say all these really nice things, those these really beautiful, wonderful ideas. But if you don't have any like concrete way to put that into practice, like how are you actually going to do it? What is you know what, what I mean? defines healthy? I feel like we have pretty decent food. It's not. I mean, it's not just that. It's like. Okay, do you want everybody to have whole foods? Whole foods next to their house That's or something? Head, like, yeah, like, like what? What is this? I don't understand what the solution would be. Is this. the Green New Deal being lobbied by Whole Foods, and Whole Foods <laughs> is like getting special? The Green New Deal sponsored by Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting like subsidies to build more of them or something. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like, and part of the other thing that really bothers me about it is like. It really, in the second page of the resolution, it diverts into this, like, insane stuff about uh, about income inequality and about, you know, like, 
the racial a large racial wealth divide amounting to difference of blah blah blah. you know like it just it sounds like it's losing focus absolutely it absolutely is and so if we're going to provide any sort of real concrete solutions we have to do it in a way that is a like ambivalent to to party politics first of all because it it has to be a bipartisan issue you know what i mean and it has to be something that we can actually achieve I think of, you know, people chop this crisis up to a crisis, I mean, to some degree. And there's no denying that we are responsible for our planet, right? But I feel that a solution that is going to be efficient and is actually going to work is going to be something like the New Deal, but not the Green New Deal. You know what I mean? I I disagree, but... What what do you mean? I don't think there's like I don't the I don't think that the New Deal is incredible, and we're referring to the piece of legislation FDR, yeah, uh, with the Great Depression, yeah, um, and it was just trying to get people, but there was a sense of like camaraderie that went with the New Deal, in terms of gov- they provided more government jobs, they pushed infrastructure, um, there there are different things. I know you're not a fan of the New Deal. Well, you you and I both, uh fall into the Austrian camp and the Austrian camp says that the the new deal actually prolonged the depression by by many years but hey you know whatever but i i i guess i kind of see what you're saying about like camaraderie and like people coming together to solve a problem i don't necessarily think that it's going to be a government led um solution though i actually think that the only way out of it is going to be individual people choosing to to make life to, lifestyle decisions and the economic incentive to create things like um like fusion energy or you know like i think it's going to be a push from from the scientific and the economic community you know and the business community that that's really going to solve the problem i definitely don't disagree with you i just think that the government also has a touch of a role in order to incentivize that. And I think they are doing that with subsidies and uh, what's the thing for like negative externalities? Uh, negative tax breaks? Yeah, something, yeah. something like or that. Or negative income tax, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, some yeah. sort of uh, punishment for those who aren't falling into, you know, a more, not not necessarily conservative, but in the literal sense, conservative business style yeah, when it yeah, regards yeah. the environment. Um but yeah, o- overall, I think that when approaching ways to improve environmental awareness and, and and things like that, you can't make these bombastic claims and ideas because I feel you're just going to let people down. And two, there's so much pre-built infrastructure and reliance on the current way things are. It's not that we shouldn't change, but it should be a really slow change well it has to be a really slow slow change i mean there's no way to do what this deal says in 10 years there's just absolutely no way yeah and and it's not even that it's not possible it's that if you tried to do it it would be utterly disastrous and authoritarian like that would be the only way that you could you could get this through maybe and you couldn't even do it i mean i'm 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 genuinely saying you i don't think you can you can do it even by authoritarian means but that's the only possible way that you would be able to to do all this 
Um, uh, yeah, but I, I agree. It has to be, it has to be gradual over it. And it doesn't even have to be over a long period of time. I think one of the biggest sort of successes in our lifetime has been, um, things like the push for, for recycling. Um, like the changes that we've seen throughout our lifetime. Do you remember when, um, we first got like recycling garbage cans the blue ones yeah the blue ones i used to have a black one and then a green waste it wasn't green waste but it's just the one we had compostable yeah yeah well i don't i don't i still don't have we have like one for garden stuff and then we throw it out to be oh yeah yeah you know scooped up by the little car that comes or whatever but but that has been a big push in our lifetime to like get people to start recycling and get people get people to stop you know filling up landfills and that that's been over um a relatively short period of time you know like 10 15 years that that's just become like a a norm you know people in at least in california at least in where we live it's just something that you do you you separate your you know your your trash and your recycling it's just you know it's just common it's just normal right right um but that wasn't the case you know that didn't used to be the case and so to me what what it comes down to is like if we really want to solve this it has to be a push from from like people making individual choices to use less less wasteful products and part of that i think comes down to there's actually like economic ex- incentives to use you know cars that that have better gas mileage or electric cars like there's things that or or like we were talking about at dinner to change all of the light bulbs to LEDs that is maybe an upfront cost right at the right at the outset but over over time it's really helpful right i and th- and that was the point i was trying to get to is that i think you and i both agree the economic incentive for the consumer to go towards a more environmental friendly option is really what's going to succeed yeah. You you think about recycling. There's still economic incentive behind it. Um, I don't know about the trash bins because I don't own property. But I do know that my parents used to collect a lot of cans and we'd go turn them in and we would get some money for it. And what, you'd make like 16 bucks for 30 minutes at the thing trying to get that dumb recycling scanner to scan the bottle. <laughs> or you could do, go the cheap way out and just throw it in a bin and get half the amount of money, right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. We we actually used to take it to a center and they would weigh it. Right. And the, you'd get more. Yeah. The problem with those recycling things at like the grocery store or whatever is they would always, um, they would take a percentage unless you got a gift card. Yeah. Which was stupid. But, but still, right? Still, there was economic incentive. Yeah, that was actually interestingly enough that was a, a at least a California government push. Um, yeah. Because they would it was a tax. It was a five cent tax on every bottle, and there still is um, five cent tax on every bottle. But you could get it back if you recycled exactly. the bottle. Um, so yeah, I mean stuff like that. He, you know, the interesting thing about recycling centers though is. Um, Right now, the world is in kind of a scramble because China is now refusing to take um, recycling that is over a certain amount um, spoiled. So, like, they used to take um, 
recycling that was wasn't that clean and then they would they would convert that to new plastics right but now they're only taking recycling that is like extremely clean and so now the the recycling industry is kind of in a panic because they have nowhere to sell their their recycled or their you know waste products to right right um so start selling them to hasbro no but they we don't have we don't actually have um recycling centers set up in the u.s yeah yeah because there's there's just no incentive for it. well that's something to think about right uh it's hard because the people who have to work at recycling centers they it was i mean it was cheaper labor in china you know so yeah. that that was part of the economic incentive is they would buy it at a at a relatively high price um because they have cheap labor but if china's not taking it and we built let's say one center then all the plastic would go to that one center but if there's no if you can't sell it for a higher price than you have to buy it there's no incentive for for that center. Mm, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's interesting though. Someone's got to get rid of that plastic, dude. Yeah, where's it all gone? I don't know. Into the ocean. I the hope Great not. Pacific garbage patch. Ugh. Well, and most of that Great Pacific garbage patch actually comes from like um, Southeast Asian countries. Yeah. Very interesting. Did you know it's double the size of Texas? What? The Great Pacific Garbage Patch. I didn't even know that you were actually referring to something. I thought you were like referencing Sour Patch Kids. No, 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 no. It's like a big mass of of plastic and garbage floating in the ocean. That's twice the size of Texas. Where in the ocean? It's in the Pacific Ocean. Are we like doing anything about it? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, it's in international waters. What if someone? Oh, you think boats go through it all the time? No, I don't think there's very many trade routes through that area. I, I think they probably go I around. I really <laughs> wonder what's out there. Just r- lots of, uh, like, you know, like nuclear fish. Do you think it's becoming, like, like mutations? an island? Yeah, that's basically what it is. Trash island. Y- yeah. Did you, have you ever seen Waterworld? <laughs> Speaking of trash island, we have a question from Kiana Lay. Oh, no. <laughs> for the show. Her question was... Uh, what was the last thing that you watched on TV? And as we're talking about Trash Islands, I watched this documentary on Netflix. That was the last thing I watched. You saw K- Kim Possible? No. I thought That's I, a movie. It's not a documentary. That's a movie. <laughs> last thing I watched on TV. Okay. It was this documentary about weird homes in Netflix. Mm. Okay. And this one guy had a dream of building his own island. Uh, and it was somewhere in South America. And he just collects bottles puts them in bags and then pushes them under platforms to float on the water. So his island just smells like like really stale beer. I'm not sure, dude. <laughs> like all of those recycling plants do? <laughs> I have no idea, but hmm. he's very proud of his island. Wow. And he's like, my dream is to go out at sea and live on my island. Wait, but does he know that like... Like buying an island in the Caribbean is not like super expensive. So like what, you can do it. It's very weird. I'm I'm not sure his full story, but he's growing plants on the island. Really? And the trees are like digging their roots through the bottles hmm. and the netting, and it's just holding it together into this large island. <laughs> and this is very funny and also very obscure. Hmm. 
Funny documentary, only 40, 40 50 minutes on Netflix. Like weird homes. The first guy lives in a dumpster. <laughs> Getting a theme here. It's not a home. <laughs> He's like, it is a home. There's also like cool, it's weird, weird homes. Mm, mm. There's like this home that is like super thin, shoved in between two buildings. That, that gave me like claustrophobia. Really? Yeah. It was I, like that thin? Yeah. Like you had to go sideways? Uh, no, it's just enough for your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Did it look like um, Super Paper Mario? It's, it's when like, you flip it in the 3D yeah, and 2D? It's, it's super vertical. Um, everything is like up and down. Where is it? Uh, that sounds like something that would be built in San Francisco, to be honest. No, 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 no. It's, it had some sort of connection to Jewish people and World War II. I'm not hundred hmm. percent sure. Do you know where it was? I don't remember off the top of my head. Oh, okay. I don't want to misquote it. I was going to say like Denmark or Germany or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Over there. But somewhere in Europe for sure. Hmm. Interesting. All of Europe, because I don't know anything. All of Europe geography. is a monolith. A massive that massive area. It's called it the EU. Don't go to China or Russia or Africa. Somewhere over there, it's you'll find Europe. that weird place. Okay. okay. <laughs> what was the last thing you watched on TV? Um, I watched True Detective, and it was excellent. You know, I don't watch a lot of uh, TV actually, um, but yeah, True Detective was was really great. I watched the third season i've never watched true detective you should watch season one because it's excellent but this last season you could watch too i mean it, they're both really great they're standalone right yeah the seasons are standalone i'll have to check it out yeah um i don't watch a lot of tv because i really get sucked into youtube um, yes it's terrible too. for me youtube it rots my brain but i've been watching this this guy lately he does like he does like um meme analysis Analysis, oh, yeah, yeah. analysi. I don't know. They have like meme majors in school now. Yeah, I know. He's man, his channel is like actually really amazing. It's called Amp Lemon. It's awesome. It's so good. That sounds funky. Let's get back on track for okay. uh, green energy stuff. We were talking about trash, trash island, uh, <laughs> massive mutated uh, fish or whatever. Okay, what do you think about paper out? straws? I hate paper straws. I hate them too. I absolutely hate them. I know they're good for the environment. There's something sickly twisted. You know what I've had that is awesome? What? Noodle straws. Noodle straws? That's good. Okay. They do not, they take a while to degrade. See, what about chocolate straws? Why didn't we, you don't remember those like chocolate uh, covered wafer straws? You know what That'd I'm talking good. about? That'd be good. That could work. Anything but paper. Literally anything but paper. My question is when you have a paper straw, the inside is that white soft paper and the outside is the hard black paper. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Why is there soft paper in the middle? It it degrades <laughs> and then you start sucking up paper chunks in your in your cold brew. It the thing about it is it's immediate. It's like yeah. It you put it in, it touches liquid and then it immediately dissolves. You don't know something terrible. What? I know I'm trying to save the environment, but I take like two or three of those straws. Yeah, when because to, halfway through you gotta yeah, switch it out. Switch it. I'm like, I need, I need a firm straw. <laughs> I'm reloading. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it if it's soft. And yeah, no, I know what you mean. A little flimsy cold brew straw. Nah, I want see, that thing hard. See, but if it, the thing is, I think we could get it to work. Maybe not paper. I think we could get a substance. I've seen bamboo straws. Okay, that sounds expensive though. It does, and not very renewable. What they do is they say take a bamboo straw and turn it in at the bin with the other coffee stuff. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and then we'll just wash it. See, I've it. seen metal straws. Yeah, metal hurts my teeth. 
I get it. And everything tastes kind of like aluminum. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The tinny. I know you tinny coffee. Hmm. Yeah, and, and what about the boba industry? This is going to be terrible in San Francisco. The boba industry is going to crash. They got wide straws. Because they've got those huge straws. And what now what are you going to do? Spoons. The straws are like <laughs> integral parts of, of the boba industry because they, they cover it in that yeah. plastic sheet. Yeah, yeah. And then you stab it like you're a maniac. <laughs> what if they're like, here, just hold on to this metal straw. That's going to be $5 more. But next time you come back, bring that straw. Hmm. Uh, yeah, never, I don't. I don't know how they're gonna. Well, Boba guys started selling metal straws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're expecting the purge to come. Well, it's it's already coming in San Francisco law. No more, no more plastic straws. Sucks for you. Wow, good what pun. Is, what? Oh, oh, Starbucks is going strawless. Yeah, I like their um, nitro cold brew cups. They've modified them since the last time I worked there. The integrated, uh, the lid, integrated lid, lid sip. That one's good. I like that. Dude, but the, the those health nuts. See, I worked at a Starbucks near a hospital. Psycho healthy people coming in, drinking hot coffee with straws because they don't want to stain their beautiful white teeth. <laughs> a bunch of pharmaceutical reps. Wow, TVH, that would for sure be Kiana. <laughs> yeah, they just like, I'm, I'm just like, dude, how do you drink hot coffee with a straw? Yeah, imagine a metal straw though. Imagine hot coffee and a metal straw. You know, they, there's actually a type of coffee that is... Um, Turkish coffee Dude, when you, that uses a metal straw. When you said, can you imagine hot coffee with a metal straw? Like, I just pictured Mustafar from Star Wars, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's that hot. I hate you. I have such a baby mouth. Yeah. I have such a baby mouth. That's, what, that's why you don't drink hot coffee, though. I don't, yeah, I don't even drink it. See, um, yeah, there, there's a type of coffee. Did you know this? A type of coffee that has a metal straw direct, and you're supposed to shoot it directly into the back of your throat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm not even playing with you. You think I'm playing? I'm not. <laughs> you're supposed to shoot it directly Shut into the up. back of your throat. Yeah, it's called it's it's Turkish coffee, and the the it's ground so fine that it stays. You don't filter it out. I know what I know what Turkish prepared coffee is, but I don't know anything about shooting it to the back of your throat. Yep. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, a lot of people tell me, oh, you know, I listened to your podcast once. It was like the coffee episode. I listened to that one. <laughs> I think we're almost we're almost brewing up a second one here. Wow. You're just coming all out of here with the puns. <laughs> I hope you uh, enjoy it. You said sucks for you when we were talking about straws, and now you said brew it up. Listen, dude, I don't mean to be grinding your gears, but we got to move on. <laughs> so what can people do? What can we do to... to stop our consumption i think see this is an interesting thing that we're talking about at my work right now because we obviously get a lot of product from the factory it's always wrapped in poly bags um which are these basically just plastic bags over every item and so we're like okay what can we do to reduce the waste in the in the store because that's one of the pushes you know that's one of the big pushes for our brand is you know we're supposed to be clean and whatnot but everything that's manufactured in a factory in a factory has these poly bags on. Them. Right, right. So like, how are we supposed to do this? And so we and we were told off actually by the the garbage collector people because they were like, "You're not supposed to recycle plastic oh, bags." Dude, I just had an aha moment. What? Crap! I don't even want to say it on air. I think it's so good. <laughs> okay, we we can say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um so but but they were like you you can't 
you can't recycle them loose. Yeah. You have to wrap them. You have to put stuff them all into one bag. Mm-hmm. Um, that's less or that's smaller than the size of a basketball. Yeah. And you, you shove them all in there, you tie it off. And then that way our new, our new facility actually sucks up all the plastic into these little tubes. Yeah. And that's why they have to be smaller than a basketball because they can't get stuck in the tubes. Right. Right. It's like really complicated. No, I, I sounds like a headache. Yeah, it, it is. So yeah, that's one of the interesting things is like, is like, what do we do as a store? What do we do as consumers? What do we do as just people who are, you know, trying to conveniently live our lives to to reduce waste? Yeah. And, like, is there, you know, I want to do my part. You want to do your part. Right. I think we all do. But there's a certain, there's a certain cost-benefit analysis that everybody makes of, like, okay, well, this you know, maybe the better choice for the environment, but it's not very convenient. Exactly. And one of the big things we were talking about when we already foreshadowed it was switching bulbs with LEDs. Yeah. Now, I just did a bunch of mathematical calculations about the savings with LEDs uh, because we were discussing in my class how we are shutting down Diablo Canyon uh, within the next 10 years, which is a nuclear power plant. Bad idea. Um, and... That powers a large majority of California's grids. And so one of the things we were trying to figure out is how can PG&E um, counteract that by saving energy. And I think we calculated something like 8 to 10% would be saved if every house switched 20 bulbs with LEDs. Now, that's a decent chunk of money. That's well, a lot. Yeah. If you consider that, that that's not like a policy proposal that's not like we're you know we're changing the way that we do things structurally in the country you know 10 percent of california's energy could be saved from just switching our light bulbs like that's that's pretty insane yeah now again this is just a problem in a green energy environment class i don't know how like fully accurate it is yeah at the same time LEDs have never been more efficient. They last a long time. They use less power. They'll save you money if you switch them. And no one's doing it really. They produce less heat too. Yeah. They're they're like super neutral. You can get them in in all different colors now. Like one of the problems before was that they were really ugly. Um like a lot of the cheaper LEDs originally had this like greenish hue. Um, and now they're, they're a lot better. Yeah. Um, the technology is getting a lot better. And so and they're way more powerful too. Yeah. News like that really kind of perked my ears cause it makes me excited and it makes me hopeful, right? That something as simple as light bulbs can save us so much energy. And so like if, if you're actually concerned about this to some degree, I mean, feel free to take action yourself, I know a lot of the lights in my house are LED already, but I'm sure that there's some that are not, right? And that upfront investment is going to be paid off through your energy bill, too. Um, You know, but I think that kind of needs to be hit home a little bit harder because a lot of people, they'll go to the store and they're like, oh, this one's really expensive. You know, why is this one so much more expensive? I'm just going to get the... 
you know, the cheap dollar store light bulb. Yeah, they're not that much more expensive, though. I mean, they're a few dollars more. I mean, if you're say you're buying, you know, say you have like eight lights in one room. Okay. That adds point. up. Good point. You know, yeah. that's like, that could be a factor of like 20, 25 bucks. Yeah. Um, so it's not insignificant. But, you know, over the long term and with how long LEDs actually last, it's a, it is a good investment. Yeah. So something as simple as that kind of got me thinking, right? Well, there's got to be more options than tearing down all our infrastructure and just rebuilding uh, all the houses and putting windmills in, <laughs> in every single piece of road that you see just in the middle of the road everywhere windmills all over the place what if we put a a giant uh solar grid in the mojave desert dude um my teacher who's who does not like donald trump actually complimented him because there was something in the green new deal they're talking about windmills and donald trump said something like well what happens when we don't have wind and my teacher was like Yes, that is a valid question. What happens if we don't have wind? We yeah, can't just rely yeah. on wind energy. Yeah, exactly. Right? We can't just rely. I mean, well, solar, I feel like we're just still struggling with that conversion. But what happens when we don't have sun? Then we die. Oh, okay. No more sun. That's dire. We all die. But the the other major like energy savers or, or healthy environment options seem to be sitting behind a large capital wall. And as a student right now, it discourages me because, you know, we look at things like solar and I'm just like, I don't even know if I'll be able to afford solar when I have a decent paying job and I'm I don't even know if I'll be able to afford a house. (laughs) Yeah. Like to propose solar is a little preposterous, I think. Mm. Um, Well, it's hard too, because you have to, you still have to be connected to the grid. And this is something that I I was at a party one time and they were talking about like, oh, you know, well, our our house has solar panels. You know, they rent, obviously. We have solar panels. And one of the benefits is that we, you know, if we make a net positive of the of energy, we can sell it back to the energy grid. We could sell it back to PG&E. I'm like, well, how often does that happen? And they're like, never. That never happens. And I'm like, okay. One of the problems is that we live in an area that gets absolutely zero sunlight. So if you were in an area that had lots more sun, right, like would that be a better option? And I still think it's the upfront cost is really, really impractical right now. I wonder if solar panels will eventually become so efficient that PG&E biting the bullet of the cost and installing them on homes themselves will actually be more profitable for them and they'll just charge people the same amount they've always charged but give them less energy because the solar panel is doing half the work for them. They don't even have to produce as much. Well, isn't one of the problems that um, like solar isn't that efficient when it comes down to things? Yes. Is that like a technological problem or is there just like something, is there a barrier that we just can't get it up to snuff you know what i mean like there's just no way that we can transfer energy at at a rate that is feasible i don't know but i'm assuming it's both Mm. so um yeah and and the and really the big thing right now that a lot of people are talking about is um electric cars Um, yeah yeah and 
a majority of my class is just one big Tesla ad. So I'd be lying if I wasn't saying that I I want a Tesla. You know, like I'm like, dude, that'd be super cool. And you know, the Model Three is pretty cheap right now. Um, well, but it, it's still. Kind I mean, of, it's not out, but it, no, it is out. They're they're shipping. The model, I thought they like the Model Three is out. It's oh, been out. I thought they um, delayed shipment like, the, for a year or more. So the Model Three is a hoax. Okay. <laughs> The big headline right now is that you can get a Model 3 for $35,000, and you can't, okay? You can't get a Model 3 for $35,000, and it's not even a full Tesla. You're missing a majority of the things that you'd be excited about in a Tesla. Sure. Autopilot is a big one, right? People want to call their car on their phone and have it drive up. You don't get that unless you drop seven grand with the Tesla. Is that even allowed yet? Yeah. Really? Yes. Autopilot is allowed? The Model S will come to you when you call it. Like the Batmobile. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. It is cool. <laughs> you can do, I've seen... Even s- if you're like parked down the street? Yeah, yeah. yeah something like is that. that. A, is that legal? I don't know. I have no idea how it works. Um, I've seen someone do it with it, though. <laughs> now, the Model 3 has the ability to like, you can command it with a button on your phone to move forward. You just tap a button and it'll slowly start moving forward. So, like, if you're stuck in a tight spot, you can just have it go straight out of the tight spot. And that's, like, its function, right? Mm-hmm. But I've seen a lot of people, like, walk and talk with their Tesla moving behind them in a parking lot, like, for a vlog and whatnot. Um, it's it's stupid, but, like, Teslas have, like I was saying earlier, this weird hype around them, similar to, like, when iPhone 4 came out. When Apple was hidden, like, it's strut. Yeah. When yeah. Apple was super-duper popular, right? Apple's still popular. But there's, like, this brand hype that's building behind Tesla. Like, I, I just... It was like nobody else is doing this. You know, exactly. like, nobody has a phone that is this sleek, mm-hmm. this tiny, and can do all of the things that it can. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, I remember when that was the case. And what we were talking about at dinner was, like, I don't know that the price of Tesla... Cause at the moment, Teslas are a luxury car. You know, they are a premium product. I don't know if the price of electric vehicles that are also, like, super functional in the way that Teslas are, I don't know if that's going to come down unless there's a direct competitor in the market. And right now, there's, like, almost none. I would say that I see similar qualities in Apple and Tesla because Apple has like it seemed like they kind of reached down to consumer level and less luxury and then jump back up yeah i mean there was a a period in the middle but the i mean the problem with comparing it to to apple is like we don't i don't necessarily think tesla's goal is to make exclusively luxury products i think part of their goal part of their long-term goal is to be a a game changer in the car industry. And like, they, they are. I, I know they are, but they're not... At the moment, they don't have the, the bandwidth to be a game changer in the way that they need to be. They can't expand any faster. Like I was telling you, they're using like a third of their new factory. Their gigawatt factory is what they call it in, in Reno, I think. They're using a third of it to produce right now. Yeah. The factory's not even done. They have so much demand that they are pushing out 
as many cars as they can in a half-finished factory. It's a total mess, right? And But this is one of the problems that like I'm worried about is that they're the why are they the only ones in the car industry that can do this? I'm not sure. Companies I, I'm oh gosh, I need to check this. Certain companies just said that they're not gonna uh make electric cars anymore. It's too much for them. But if I I don't know. I if if Tesla isn't able to keep up with with the demand, if they're not able to break into the um lower tier market, how are they gonna be able to change the car industry like you know, like their goal is or like I mean like even we would like to see, you know, like I don't want to pay for gas. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it sounds way better if we if I could just plug in and you know, it's a lot cheaper and blah blah blah. Even though, you know, the somebody is burning gas. It's it's still cheaper to you know, to to have an electric vehicle. I I I drive a truck that gets like 14 miles to the gallon. Yeah. And it's terrible. <laughs> and I would way rather, you know, I I would even rather have like a hybrid that gets like double my my mileage. Here is why I'm not concerned for Tesla currently. There there are a couple reasons and I think the high demand if they can keep that going even without being able to supply it is a good thing. They have brand love right now. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I don't see that industry. Well, I see the electric car industry still taking off because of secondhand markets. And I believe that used Teslas are going to become popular as well. But one of the problems is if it was actually taking off, it if it was a market that people actually wanted, how come... How come there? I don't know. How come there aren't more car companies that are that are coming out with electric vehicles? Like, how come there aren't direct competitors? Like, I'm not seeing the natural progression of. Well, there are competitors. The BMW i3 is an electric car. The Chevy Volt is an electric hybrid car, right? You have uh, the full uh, Chevy Volt that I think is all electric, right? There, there are companies coming out to compete with Tesla. The problem is they haven't brought a competitive price yet, yeah, right? Yeah. And the fact that Tesla is, I mean, even though it's a hoax, jumping down to the $35,000 level, my dad just got a Chevy Volt. He's like, that's cheaper than my car. And my dad's doing like a two-year lease, two lease program where he's probably going to give it back after two years. And he's just like, Mm-mm. like maybe... Maybe I'll get a Tesla. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, 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 they are trying to become the cheapest one. I kid you not. They make it to the $20,000 level. They're set. If they can meet the demand, they're set, dude. I know, but I'm not seeing the, like, there isn't a Ford electric car that's, that's a direct competitor. There isn't. Ford doesn't. I've just read an article. They're, like, not interested. Yeah, but why? I don't know. Because this isn't a, a viable section of the market? Is that why? Maybe. I mean, R- that's what it tells me. It could be that the R&D cost is too much. I swear. I bet you Tesla has patents on things we don't know about. I'm sure they have patents, but, like, there's ways of getting around patents. You know what I mean? Like, there's ways of doing it. 
maybe better than than Tesla is. Okay, you know, mark my words. In five years, Ford will jump on the train. I'm sure they will. If this proves to be a viable um, segment of the market, like if if it, it proves will. to be, I think it will. And I think one of the problems is. Is it possible that that the government getting involved in in uh, subsidizing electric vehicles is that deflating the cost and making things um, seem muddy as far as like well they don't know actually how much the demand really is. Yeah, you know what I'm I mean? not. I'm not sure. I I don't know, and I think everything you're saying is valid. But I do know that there is a stupid amount of hype around Tesla. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I love the idea. I just don't know if everybody is willing to jump on that, on that bandwagon. You know, well, not for the current price. No, I not think. definitely not for the current price. And that, and that's what I'm getting. Like, I totally agree with you there. Like, it. But the car industry, you know what I mean? Like, the car industry is a huge behemoth that is really reluctant to change its practices. I know. And I've I've watched interviews with uh Elon Musk and he's talked about how he's like we are trying to get bullied out of this market obviously. Yeah. Yeah, right? of course. And he's like we're barely hanging on. We're barely pushing in, right? And it's because they're doing something different. And I think I think there's some validity and power behind that. And what's interesting to me um, is seeing how they're changing the the actual like retail market, right? Like, if you want to buy a Tesla, you buy it from Tesla. Right. You if don't. You want, buy, the used market isn't there yet. If you want to buy a Ford, you buy it from a dealership. Right. And you get a loan, and you blah blah blah, and there's uh-huh. paperwork, and it's terrible, and everybody hates going to the car dealer. Dude, I heard you can buy a Tesla with like zero paperwork, fifteen minutes. I yeah I'm sure I'm Super sure it's quick. I'm sure it's the same way that you can buy a red camera exactly which means if you have tens of thousands of dollars you can order it on their website uh-huh. yep <laughs> and I've actually done that I've actually not I have not ordered a red camera but I've like done the little camera builder and like yep, you know yep, yep. you know it's fine the same way that you've probably done the Tesla one yep I've done I think I've done the Tesla one too yeah um but and that that creates a certain amount of um, there's like a buying power in, okay, you know exactly what you're getting every step of the way. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what price everything is. And I think that's a positive change in the in the car selling in, in, in industry, right? Like I think it's a positive change that, that you can go to a website and buy a car when you can't do that with its competitors. And then on top of that, Tesla is rolling out um updates. Updates to yeah. their cars, which is insane. It's like It's super weird they're evolving. Yeah. There was an issue with the brakes, they updated it to fix it. Yeah, they um didn't they add the autopilot system through an update? Yes. <laughs> they haven't finished the autopilot. The autopilot's yeah. not done. It's basically like super smart cruise control right yeah. now but the self-driving feature is still on the way yeah and you have to pay for it if you want it <laughs> it's weird you can pay for the self-driving capability that's not out yet ahead of time 
or they you can pay two thousand dollars extra if you decide you want it later mm-hmm. on top of it interesting so they're like oh if you buy it now you get it discounted even though you don't really know how it works you're like an early adopter of something you don't know what you're getting. It's right? like buying outside lands tickets where you, you could buy it for cheaper if you don't know who the bands are. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just like that. Um, one of the things I, I thought is really interesting is um, uh, Keanu was telling me she knows someone who works at Tesla who sells Tesla cars. Um, and he was saying that basically if you have a problem with a car, they will basically just guarantee service to you. And you don't have to pay. Yeah. Which is like insane. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how that's a sustainable business practice. So my energy teacher, he has been a huge Tesla supporter. He met Elon Musk for a long time. And he's like, Elon Musk is a psycho person. He's literally crazy. Uh, I watched his Joe Rogan podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Like he was a, my teacher was like, he's insane. Like he's, he's nuts. Sure. And my teacher was like, I was one of the first ones to buy the Tesla when it came out Hmm. and there was a major issue where they just like, there was, there was some problem that made the cars practically undrivable. Really? Right off the bat, right away. Wow. And so all these early adopters came to meet with Elon Musk and he was like, okay, we need to finish. Uh, he he was like, we know what the problem is. We can fix it. We just need this much amount of money and we will take all your cars back and we'll do it for free. We're not going to ask you for any more money. We're just going to do it. And he sold his house to fix the cars. Wow. He wow. like went all in on He lost, like apparently he's divorced to like his, he's destroyed his family. He's went insane to keep this company alive. <laughs> it's terrible to, th- to find this out, right? About yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that is one of their things because they're like, it's a new thing consumer focus it's yeah. a consumer focused thing but it's also new we don't even really know what we're getting into right right, right. i think it's nuts because i was watching some stuff on it and you can change you know how cars have like changeable modes mm-hmm. right oh sport mode i went into sport mode right well teslas do that but there's like an instant f- like feeling of the adjustment hmm. right like, you can have sport mode, the torque just kicks in like crazy, but it tells you, hey, you're draining battery life faster now, right? And then you have standard, and then you have, like, different steering modes where it, like, fights you for the wheel. Like, because apparent, uh, apparently just the way it handles, there there are, like, I, I don't know. There, there's all this stuff that people are talking about, like, oh, you have three different braking method options in the menu. <laughs> Like, the menu is like an iPhone, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's nuts. I obviously been thinking about Tesla too much. Now my YouTube feed is all Tesla stuff. Like, <laughs> I can't get away from it now because I just want to watch three or four videos. Dude, you know that happens to me all the time where I just have, like, a, a constantly rotating, like, list of, of... YouTube probably thinks I'm an insane person because it'll be, like, a week. I'll watch, like... Like there's like a couple gun channels that I watch where I'll just watch like oh man these are awesome and then that'll be my only recommended feed and then I'll I'll have another week where it's like only British politics and then I'll have another week where it's like where it's like I don't know something entirely different it's like old toys or something you know like yeah yeah it's it's yeah YouTube does that all the time they probably think they probably don't think you're crazy I think that's what happens with everyone. everybody yeah maybe everyone yeah. on YouTube anyways. Talking about green energy, Cameron. Any last thoughts? We're just hitting an hour. I feel like we haven't even talked too much 
even about energy <laughs> overall. Like we have a whole discussion about nuclear we could talk about. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that is that's sort of my most passionate area about this thing is like I think nuclear is if we're going to say that this is like a complete full-scale disaster, you know, we're all going to die in 12 years or whatever, which I don't necessarily believe, but like if it's going to be that way, to me the best option is nuclear going forward. Yeah, there's really limited emissions. Really the radioactive waste is the big problem. The big problem, yeah. And the safety of the facilities if I mean currently the safety of the facilities is decent but it's like if any other unexpected external force that we didn't compensate for comes in we have a massive like disaster yeah but I mean looking at it per capita like the amount of deaths because of of disasters from you know from nuclear power plants is way 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 less than every other energy source well there are only three major nuclear facility uh incidents yeah Yeah. one in pennsylvania in 1979 uh the uh oh gosh disaster the chernobyl chernobyl that's what it is in ukraine (laughs) there's like lots of movies about chernobyl yeah i didn't know how to say it uh 1986 and then uh what is it? Fukushima. In, or fu- no, not Fukushima. Yeah, it's Fukushima. Is it? Yeah, nuclear disaster in 2011. Yeah. Those are the three major ones. Like I said at the beginning of the show, there are 450 nuclear uh, power plants uh, or reactors around the world in 31 countries, not in all countries. Yeah, um, well, I mean, a lot of countries aren't allowed to have nuclear facilities. Something that I found out about was that we haven't built a new nuclear power plant in the U.S. since 1978. And a lot of the plants are past their expected life. And there are concerns about the health of these nuclear power plants. Really, the issue is, Cameron, I know your your thing is, well, they they give so much and only fail so little, but the failure itself is what scares people. Now, I'm not one to be like terrified of nuclear destruction. I'm not a 60s Cold War era person, right? I mean, when my teacher's teaching us about it, he's talking about like we're going to experience a, a nuclear war with Russia, but it's in our backyard because we've been playing with nuclear bombs, right? I'm not nervous in that sense, but at the same time, you can't be ignorant to the danger of those nuclear cores dude they're like serious business i i'm i'm not saying that they're not like that's not my argument my argument is that if we are to go forward like this is um the most critical crisis uh plaguing the world right now like nuclear seems like the only feasible option to me currently right yes, currently we do I yes, think that with re- the knowledge that I have right now, yes. yes. <laughs> I have faith that human humans will come up with something more powerful and, and better. You know, nuclear energy isn't even 100 years old yet. Yeah. I think fission is probably the only... Uh, it's the best way. Yeah. I, if we can somehow figure out the fission thing, which is... Um, Hydrogen atoms um, going at such a high speed that they collide into each other and create... It's the way that the sun... Um, creates its energy. So basically, the sun is a big ball of hydrogen gas, and then it it is so large uh, and it has so much pressure that it and heat that it it 
it like fuses those together. Just think uh, Spider-Man to Dr. Octavius, the power of the sun is in my hands. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah, I got you. Got you. Um, but we haven't, we have fission plants. Um, we, we, well, we don't have fission plants. We have fission experiments. But the problem is they are not energy positive. They cost more energy to, to produce the fission reaction than they, they produce Yeah. at the moment. So once we get them to be energy positive, hydrogen is the most abundant atom in the universe. Yeah. If we can figure that out. We're set. We're going. We're set. But we haven't been able to yet. There's a kid. Did you know there's a kid who built a, uh, a fission reactor in his garage? No way. Yeah, he was like 16. That's cool. It's, en- it's still energy. Negative, I'm excited but. to tell you about my idea that I'm going to patent. Okay. Afterwards. All right. Um, we'll see. Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. I'll tell you what. If you are a producer, <laughs> maybe I'll give you two cents off the patent that I, I make. Two cents? Yeah. Per item? I was talking about knowledge. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I meant two cents. Uh, yeah, but anyways. Um... Any last thoughts on green energy? I know, uh, as a listener, I'm sorry if we had, we didn't get it fully into everything. There's so much to cover. Oh yeah. Um, but I guess Cameron and I were really having fun discussing options and 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 uh, maybe like future decisions, right? Or or future like game changers. We wanted to have a conversation that was hopefully more positive uh, in light of green energy. Yeah. I mean, for me, I always say, I always think that like it, it always sounds so, so much like a doomsday cult, you know, the people who are talking about like, Oh, the, the world is going to end in 12 years because of, because of carbon emissions. And I'm like, that's not true. Obviously, you know, like that's, that's not the case at least even with the predicted models. Right. Which is, as things are right now, in a hundred years, we're going to um, uh, we're going to raise by two and a half degrees Celsius, is what it says. If we stick to certain regulations, current current uh, emissions right now, which which hopefully will improve. Yeah, I mean, America is is has decreased its carbon emissions. Yeah. In the past few years, because of natural gas, exactly. Um, so, you know, I think things will get better. I'm not. I'm not hopeless. I do not have this dire perspective that we're all gonna die and the polar the polar bears are all gonna wither away or whatever. You know, whatever the 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 ice caps, Hurricane Katrina is gonna be all over the the world. <laughs> you know, like I'm not. I'm not a doomsdayer. I believe in in. The ingenuity of people, I not believe. only not only to resettle if if things get really bad, like say this is sort of like this apocalyptic disaster. I believe in the ingenuity of of people to to come up with a solution, but I also believe in us coming up with a solution that's that's natural, that's from our own imagination and from from science, from technology. Like the best way to solve this is to increase our capacity to to make new and innovative products that's the best way and i believe in trash island trash island 
Me too. Amen. It's called Everything Comes From Something, and it's a podcast. <laughs> Look it up. Ladies and gentlemen, you can support us on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, all the normal stuff. Now, usually the last half hour, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever the heck we feel like, we talk about uh, a section of the show called Nothing to Do With Anything. It's where we just discuss whatever's on our mind. Now, we could continue to talk about green energy, but there are a few other things we wanted to know on, uh, just discuss in, in any sort of bit. See, but the thing is, we haven't had a post-show in like three and a half episodes. We just go on the full topic for an hour and a half now. I know, it's ridiculous. I want to say one last thing about green energy. <laughs> this I is what we always do. <laughs> I know, I know. I didn't get to finish my thought, though. Okay, go ahead. Because you, you said your little spiel about positivity, right? <laughs> Are you going to doomsday me now? No. Okay. As a listener, if I heard this full episode and I didn't lose my entire brain from trying to follow... <laughs> Your one single brain two, self? Two imbeciles tried to incorporate a hint of knowledge about green energy. It's really like a monkey smashing a banana with a hammer. Yeah. So, if you could take away one thing, I would say, I hope that you care about the environment. I hope that you want to have the initiative, but you're not going to take initiative unless you think about it and be ready to jump on economic opportunities. Do the math, you know, convert the units, consider how much money you're going to save. Like there are going to be options in the future that will save you money, right? I mean, even as I was thinking about a Tesla, I converted, uh, you know, the difference between owning a, what was it? $70,000 Tesla versus a $20,000 Honda, sorry, not a Honda, Infiniti uh, car. Because I was like, these are both the kind of luxury. Um, I think that they seem kind of the same class of vehicle. I calculated the amount of gas I would spend on average and compared it to the amount of electricity I'd spend on the Tesla. And I was like, wow, for the $70,000 Tesla, 150,000 miles, I wouldn't break even on the Tesla. Wow, that sucks, you know? Yeah. And and so I was like, well, maybe I could get it cheaper. You know, maybe I could find a way to drive an all-electric car that would save me money in a while, right? So just having that mindset, you know, considering your options and really taking the initiative, I think is the big thing. If you really want to be more green-friendly, now, I know we tried to avoid those things like make sure you recycle, make sure you ride your bike to work, take a walk. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. If you see litter, pick it up off the street. There are there are some lifestyle choices you can choose to make dramatically, but there are also like some economically uh, incentive incentivized options available as well, like LEDs. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there are larger capital uh, projects that you could commit yourself to if you do the math and you're like, yeah, I'll save money eventually. But for poor people like Cameron and I, we haven't really explored those because we don't have a lot of money, right? Yeah, I'm like, oh man, LEDs are so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least it's more attainable than, say, you know, a Tesla. See, but another thing that you could do that is actually just a small change is like carrying around a a fixed, like, a beverage container, yeah. right? Like, you know, I've got a, a couple hydro flasks, one, one for that. coffee, one for water, you know, and I don't, I don't buy water bottles and that's, that's an, I, that's an economic incentive, you know, instead of, 
instead of using water bottles or using blah blah blah, you know, just buy a Brita filter or just you know use the tap water yeah, if yeah. you don't live in Flint. Um, <laughs> you know, like like there are there are things that you can do, small things that you could do that that not only are good just in general, but like are good for you. You know, think about it selfishly is what I'm saying. And you might be surprised how selfish you can be. Yeah, I mean, we can all be selfish. All right, on that note, let's get into the nothing to do with anything. Cameron, we are glad you're back on the show. Oh, thanks. We had a good time with Emily. I apologize to any audio listeners from last week. Uh, If you heard audio issues, we're trying to get on top of it. We're trying to fix it. I don't know if this week is going to sound better, but I'm going to try to work on it. Um, Just... I think maybe a cable was bad or something was crackling on my microphone. So I heard it. I noticed. Yeah, yeah Cameron got upset. Um, the one week you gone, you know, now you got to complain. I huh? was triggered. I was like, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, while we're in the post show, I want to read a question from uh, some of our other producers. We have two producers named Ariel and Eric Walk. Uh, they are producers for the year. They... Um, are not on Patreon, which is sad because I believe they need recognition, but they submitted a question for the show. They basically gave us some donation for an entire year, and we are very grateful for them. And now I just realized I didn't read their name at the beginning of the show. I'm stupid, dude. <laughs> we should just go back in and edit their names. Sure, whatever. With, like, a robot. One of those, like, old 80s uh, text-to-speech robots. Yeah, 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 yeah. So their question is, would you ever go to TV or take the show... Uh, to TV like late night or anything if it gets big enough. Cameron, what do you no, think? No, I hate late night TV. Uh, late night's dead. Hate to break it to you. Yeah. No, I like the I like the freedom of of the podcast medium. Yeah. I think that's why we do it. It's like we don't have producers breathing. Well, I mean, you know, we don't have producers breathing down our, our necks saying, oh, like, it. it has to be this amount of time and you have to do a topic for this amount of time. Like, they're... There are actually good things about the TV format. It's just not good for sort of, you know, longer form conversations, which I think we like to have, you know. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of our bread and butter, so. I know Darren is going to be breathing down our necks this week. He drives a Mustang. Wow. Yeah, shut up. No more of that green energy talk. Mm, mm. He's going to be, uh, you know, chewing on that huge cigar in his mighty throne. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I drive a, a big truck, so, you know. Sinner! I, I mean, yeah, I... I I would like to change. They had a follow-up question. They said, would you guys ever consider uh, doing voiceover for animated movies? I have. I did consider doing voiceover when I was a kid, yeah. You? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I, th- I think I'd be all right at it. Hmm. This leads me to another uh, discussion that I want to have with you, Cameron, that completely offended me. There was this one time we were hanging out, and you said that you would never cast me as an actor. <laughs> did I? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I actually think I could do better than most people. Why did I say that? I have no idea. Mm. I think you just think I'm ugly or something. Sounds offensive. It's fine. When you said it, I was just like, really? You're so hurt. Really? Me? I could be an actor. Me? I could do it. You got to tell me this, dude. You would call me if you had a role for me, right? Oh, yeah. 100%. If you saw the fit, I'd be there. Dude, I'd call all of my friends. to. There was one time I was literally driving to a shoot. Actually, I was picking up gear before a shoot. But it was like, I had to pick up the gear at 12. I had to be at the shoot at like 4. Mm-hmm. And on my way there to pick up the gear, we are, the audio guy dropped out. 
So I called Juzo. I was like, I'm going to the East Bay. I'm going to pick you up at 2.30. You're going to be ready by then. And you're going to do the audio for this shoot. And he was like, I, I, I don't know how. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> nice. Well, I was talking as like an actor position, but I'm assuming that those don't come up so often. I, okay, I have like a, I have a weird, like, I know I'm fairly charismatic, but I've always wanted to play a very stern, angry character hmm. in a movie. Hmm. Like a dad? Not a dad. No. I'm talking eh, more like a Lone Ranger kind of thing. <laughs> okay. But there, I'm not necessarily meaning like a cowboy. I think I would be fine at a cowboy, but they're... A character like somebody that doesn't have to say that much, but just kind of has to stand there. <laughs> stand there and make faces? Yeah. Hmm, I see. Shoot guns sometimes? Yes. I think I would do fine. As far as animated uh, uh, voiceover for an animated movie, I think I would have way too much fun doing that. Oh, yeah, me too. That's why I wanted to do it when I was a kid. I was like, they these people just like goof off all day. And then somebody has to sit there and draw them for yeah. the rest. Like like Aladdin is the perfect example. Like uh, Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin. Like most of that movie, he's just riffing. Like completely no script. He's just riffing. And somebody has to draw that. I'll tell you, though. I've always wanted... I think it'd be fun to get into voice acting for video games. Because I mm. assume there's not a lot of talent around out there for voice acting. I'm sure there is. Okay, I, I'm sure there is, but I haven't met many people who are like, I want to do voice acting for video games. I don't know, but what about like like Nolan, Nolan North? I'm not saying I would What's get a name? no, no, no. I'm not saying I would get a triple A like role, <laughs> oh, a yeah. full role. No, but like an NPC. Come on, isn't dude. it like one guy does like five different NPCs or whatever? I could do that. I could do that. Okay, <laughs> just make different voices. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Want to buy some death sticks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think it would be fun, but one of the problems is you have to do the same line just over and over and over and over and over again for all the different scenarios. I think it would be tedious. Yeah, I think a lot of it would be tedious. I think it's your attitude that's tedious, Cameron. Oh, I'm. I mean, I'm a tedious person. Yeah. I knew it. I definitely knew it. But on uh, besides that, wow, that was <laughs> that was my French demo for you. That was English. Whatever. Isn't um, your isn't your professor French? The one that we've been talking about all night. His, <laughs> I'm not even gonna say his name. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Anyway, name is Emmanuel Macron. Have you seen any good movies lately, Cameron? Um. Yeah, I saw Climax by Gaspar Noé. Um. It was really good. Um. You're looking at me like I'm I'm a crazy person. Uh, it's a real movie. Anything else? Uh, no, actually, I have not seen very many movies. Well, I saw Captain Marvel, mm. and I'm was... supposed to see Us tomorrow. Oh, dude, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. I'm going with Tim Smith. Dude, so. really? Aren't you like a, a wuss? Yeah, I'm a wuss. Well, if you can watch Us, you can watch Hereditary. Is it supposed to be that bad? Us looks like a straight-up horror film. I know. But it's also a Jordan Peele film. Yeah. So there's a little hint of satire in there. Yeah. But didn't you see the other one? What's his other mo- movie? Um, uh, Get Out. Get Out. Isn't Get Out like kind of like... It's yeah. supposed to be horror, but at the same time, 
not as horrific as you would expect. Yeah, it's not it's not that horror yeah. of a mill. This of a film. this movie does, it looks it this movie looks straight up like a horror movie. Get Out looks pretty horror mm. from the trailer. I think you could tell. You could tell there was like some underlying like satirical stuff going on. Dude, this movie's pitch is the fact that the people who are coming after the family is them. How is that not satirical as itself already? I I mean, I don't know. I just think I, it I, just looks it just I, looks scarier than than Get Out looked. I'm seeing it in it the morning, out. which is already like disturbing <laughs> me a little bit. Really? Yeah. I like watching horror films in the morning. I'm too tired. I'll be like, oh. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I'm going to go see us, but I saw Captain Marvel this last weekend. Um, I'll let you know how us is. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to think of it. I have been enjoying, I feel like horror is that genre that I'm like, I don't, I'm too scared to sit through it, but every time I watch some horror, I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like this is kind of fun. See what what actually ended up happening. What what got me into sort of watching more horror films was, I started watching older stuff. Yeah, like stuff that was supposed to be like terrifying for the time, mm-hmm. and it's not that scary, but it is really like well made. Right. So stuff like uh, the thing. I love the thing. It's absolute. It's actually maybe one of my favorite movies because it is so beautifully made, so incredibly made, and it is actually pretty scary. Even though a lot of the effects, as like gorgeous as they are, look not at all scary nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a certain amount of campy. Yeah, yeah. It's it, there's a campiness to it. It's the same with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That that movie is not scary. But it's amazing. It's a wonderful time. Yeah. And I think nowadays, and then I started watching those movies, things like Evil Dead, which is amazing. Such a fun movie. Yeah, I was seeing it. Like, I started watching those types of movies, and then it kind of graduated me into the more serious modern horror film. Yeah. And I still don't like um, movies like, you know, like The Conjuring or whatever. Yeah. You know, stuff stuff that's not really... Um, artistically made so here's what i'm worried about about this jordan peter film jordan, jordan peele peele film i hope that his comedy still comes through a little bit hmm. and i really do think it will i know that you like i know that you doubt it but i do feel like some of his comedy is going to come through maybe i mean yeah i mean that would be nice because i hate watching horror movies that are just like dead serious Really? Like, just straight dead serious. Hmm. Okay. There's got to be some sort of relieving element. I I know what you mean, actually. The The best times that I have in a horror mo- movie are where it, like, really straddles the line between being really funny and really scary. Or, like, really intense. Yeah. And... Yeah, so that that's what worries me about Hereditary is it just sounds so heavy. It is very heavy, yeah. And so I'm like, I just don't know if I'm going to... But it's heavy in the way that, like... I... Where's the relief, though? Oh, there is none. Exactly. Well, actually, that's not true. That's not true. Good horror has no, relief. No, 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 no. I, I'll, I will take that back. The conclusion of the film is actually a relief in a lot of ways. 
I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, I'm fine. not going to tell you're you the, the end of the film. But the the conclusion of the film left me being like, well, from a certain perspective, that was a really optimistic movie. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, even though, even though it's my really messed up perspective, <laughs> and I know I'm wrong about that, but it has the up. It has a certain element of like this. There's. This sounds so bad because if you've watched the movie, this is not even remotely true. But it has an uplifting element to the last part of the movie. I don't. Even, uh, it's not uplifting in the way that you might expect, but the f- way that it's made makes it seem as though it is uplifting. Okay. Well, from I took a horror and sci-fi class. There's a lot similar in horror and sci-fi, mm. surprisingly as I was taking this class, and one of the most important aspects of a good horror film from the classics that we watched was this idea of having some sort of relief within the movie. Mm-hmm. Not as a conclusion. So, like, I don't know. I'm not so nervous to watch this Us movie because it's also shot in Santa Cruz, I think. Hmm. A lot of it is in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah. And so if there is no relief in the movie, at least I can be like, oh, I've been in that area. Oh, I've been to Verve. Oh, I've been to Verve. Dude, if there's not a Verve scene, I'm actually <laughs> going to be like, uh-uh. uh-uh. <laughs> this is a bad movie. But there's shots on the boardwalk. Like, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool to see the boardwalk. So, Also, I know you're like, oh, that looks like a straight-up horror movie. It also kind of made me like laugh when I was watching it. Just because like the evil family members are so f- like they're funny, <laughs> they're like smiling, they're like, uh, you know, like we'll see, dude. I'm probably gonna be screaming my head <laughs> off. Like in a theater at ten in the morning, I'm gonna be like, ah! you know, like people are like shut up. The only the only time I've watched movies with or at like at the th- movie theater at like a really early morning show, it's always been with old people. Really? Yeah. So it's going to be you and, like, three other old couples, and you're just going to be screaming. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. Let me know how that goes, because you, maybe you should watch The Witch, too, because it's not, like... Oh, it, I, I think I'd like The Witch. It's not straight horror. It's it's just, like, subtle and intense. Yeah. I tend to... And it's very good. I tend to lean into, like, a subtlety, I mm. think. Um, I just don't really like grotesqueness which i'm almost positive us is gonna have grotesqueness in sure it. yeah and that's the only thing where i'm like dude i might just call to him and be like oh, i don't want to go no you should go you should go you said go. tomorrow yeah dude you should go Ugh. Ugh. i got nothing else to do jules is out of town so yeah anyways yeah and i saw captain marvel which was uh flat is the best mm. way i can put it mm. I didn't really walk in expecting anything, and usually, like, I think Marvel movies have, like, this, like, even if the plot sucks and the villain kind of sucks, like, at least there's something likable about the main character, right? Yeah. You root for them. I didn't really like Captain Marvel that much Mm -hmm. as a character. Like, there were things I liked about her. There's this really great montage towards the end about like standing up after you've getting beaten down like a bunch of times and I was like this is powerful you know like this is really cool it's just I wish I saw that before she went through like all this struggle stuff and didn't care about her you know like I wanted to 
I almost wanted to see her struggle and uh, struggle like her whole life and still like have this fighting spirit. But it doesn't show you the fighting spirit until like the end. Hmm. And I'm just like, uh, I like it's powerful, but it's kind of cheesy at the same time. Like, I don't know. There's the movie was not anything special. CGI on uh, Samuel L. Jackson was incredible, though. Really? It was really cool. Hmm. Uh, they like de-aged him. Interesting. Which is weird. Really weird. Have you he, not seen trailers for it? He just looked like Jules from, uh, yeah, <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. A little different. He looks a tad off, okay. like a tad different, but like surprisingly, I honestly like. Well, they did that with um, with RDJ in the Spider-Man movie, right? They made him younger. In parts of the, mm, that's Avengers two. Or is it Iron Man three? I think. No, no, no. I thought it was the newer Spider Man. Oh, okay. He's not. Yeah, there, I know what scene you're talking about. He's like young. Yeah, Tony yeah, Stark yeah. and that. What is that? That is uh, Avengers two. Okay. Yeah, I never saw that movie. I've just seen that as like a Avengers two is weird. Yeah, I never saw it. It's very weird. Uh, there's good character stuff, but there's also like, it feels like a middle episode, like a <laughs> mid season episode. Sure. That's, That's like probably the, how it was treated. Yeah. It's really odd. Hmm. Really, really odd. But I, I love, I actually love that scene. Have you not seen, you haven't seen the movie, huh? No, I haven't. No. This is a great scene where uh, there's young Tony Stark, right? And he's arguing with his mom and his mom and dad. No, this is Civil War. Yeah, it's Civil War. Really? Yeah. Because I watched that movie. Yeah. It's Civil I don't War. remember anything about and it. His, I remember not liking his it. Pa- I love Civil War. Yeah. I, don't, I disagree with you. <laughs> um, his parents are arguing, and they're like, okay, like we'll see you later, son. And then... And they die. And then young Tony Stark um, like freezes, and old Tony Stark walks out next to him. And old Tony Stark's doing a TED Talk in front of a bunch of people. Mm. He's like, this technology will help you relive your memories... And come to terms with what happened. Because this is the last time I saw my parents leave. Mm. You know? And then he gives this TED Talk on and on. And then he goes backstage after the TED Talk. And there's this lady who's like, My son died in Avengers 2 in this town that you were wrecking when you were trying to fight this super beast. Mm. He's like, who's going to avenge him? And she like leaves him. And Tony Stark's like, oh, snap. Like... And then there's like this whole like politics thing in that. I think that movie's really good. I re- I genuinely don't remember that. That's part like of that movie. my favorite thing is the the basically the clash of two ideals. Like that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is that Civil War? Yep. Oh yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's really well put together and it's a fun action movie too. Hmm. What kind of forever? Yeah. All I remember about that movie is being like, oh, the. The to be continued music should should have played at the end, dude. Legit, you if you were a Marvel villain, you'd be Zemo, dude. <laughs> I don't even know what Zemo, that means. <laughs> Zemo is the villain in Civil War, and guess what his whole purpose is? What his whole the spoilers? The whole plot is him just trying to pit Captain America and Iron Man against each other mm. through politics because he knows he can't beat them. Mm. So that like that's the big twist. 
is there like oh like we have to work together Zemo's has like a special team of super soldiers just like Bucky and we get there and they get there and all the super soldiers have bullets in their heads and then all he does is play the clip of Bucky killing Iron Man's parents Mm. that's it and they just start beating the crap out of each other Mm. because Captain America's like yo Tony you see what's going on right you can't like you see he's just trying to pit us against each other and he's like it doesn't matter you killed my mom I, I, I remember absolutely nothing of this movie. Dude, that's like, <laughs> it's a good movie. I saw it in theaters, too. I can't so. believe you, dude. Maybe it's the same thing with me and uh, Black Klansman, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe we just had the same situation. But besides the point, Cameron, we're at an hour 40. All right. I let's, think it's been a good episode. Let's I wrap hope, it up. I hope that, again, you can take something away from that hodgepodge of information about green energy. Just... I think it's fun to sit here and discuss and commentate on a lot of stuff, even if we don't understand it. At least we know that we don't understand it. We're, tr- we're trying, right? Yeah, and we're, I think we're doing our part to, to make things a little bit better in the world. I hope so. I hope so. Get them LEDs, people. And with that, we'll see you next week.